name we're going to teach the word of God and I want to say how happy we are to have pastor and sister Sizemore and members of our Grace Point Church family can we give them all a great big hand amen praise the Lord and they're going to be joining us on Wednesday nights in December uh, we will have Wednesday night service uh, tonight next Wednesday and the Wednesday after that but we will not be having it on December 22nd or 29th uh, due to the holiday uh, season uh, but we are looking forward to what the Lord is doing, amen, in this great month, last month of the year. And I, I don't know if it was too dark for you to see, but, but as you come in, I hope you glanced over at what the Lord is doing. Praise God. He's doing some wonderful things. He's doing some wonderful things. And, uh, and if you haven't seen it during the day, you ought to just come and, and look at it and every time you do every time you go down 71 just throw a in jesus name over this way amen just throw a little do it god do it god amen you know that's what we did concerning this building every time we drove in off of cooper road we drive to what once was gospel baptist uh, and of course we purchased it in 2014 but this building was sycamore christian and so we were driving down to go to church, and we just say, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, every time. And then on the way out, we'd use the right hand, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And God did it, and he's going to perform his perfect work and his perfect will. Praise God. We're going to look to the word of the Lord tonight. I want to talk to you about the subject, overcoming unbelief, overcoming unbelief. I want to talk to you about this because I feel like people struggle with the concept of unbelief. Uh, they many times struggle to believe. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about how to overcome unbelief and how to be confident that you are believing because so much depends on us believing. You know, we are believers. And if we're not believing, then we're not, we're not quite the believer that we need to be. So, so believers believe. Believe it or not. Believers believe. Mark chapter 9 and verse 24. Um, actually, we're going to begin at verse 17. Pardon me, Mark 9, 17. One of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit, and wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answereth him and saith, O faithless generation, faithless. It means, of course, lacking faith, faithless generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. You know, that's always the solution. To bring him, her, or whatever you're facing, whatever your need is, bring it to Jesus. Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit, that unclean spirit that was in him, tear him. He fell on the ground and wallowed, uh, foaming. He asked his father, how long is it ago since this, child, this came into him? He said, of a child. Oft times it hath cast him into the fire. Oft times it hath cast him into the waters to destroy him. There were so many times where this unclean spirit that was inside this young man, and it had been there since he was a child, there were so many times that this spirit would cast him into the fire to destroy him or cast him into the waters to destroy him. So, so this, this father and this family was dealing with a severe situation of possession and they were trying their best to help their child, but there were, there were moments where his life was on the line. Thrown into the water to destroy him, thrown into the fire to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. If there's anything at all that you can do for our family, for our son, please have compassion on us and do that thing. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Everything is possible to him that believeth. So that's why we have to really get a hold of this idea of believing. 
And we have to reject this practice of not believing. Straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, and I want us to concentrate on this, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. And here he, he presents a conundrum that I think a lot of people face. And that is that he, there was a dichotomy. There was, there was both belief and unbelief present in this man. And a lot of people think that you have to choose between one or the other. And you do have to choose. But you have to also understand that it is possible to believe even when you are struggling with unbelief. Do not think that because you are struggling with unbelief that that means you do not believe. Don't let the devil trick you into that old snare. That somehow because your mind is fighting you and doubt is lurking and, and you, are, you know what you should believe but you're having trouble believing it. And the devil will come, his, his most favorite accusation, and he is the accuser of the brethren, his most favorite accusation is to try to convince you that you are not a true believer. He loves that. He loves to walk up to people and say, you don't really believe in God. You don't really believe in his power. You don't really believe that he can do this. You don't really believe that he exists. It's his favorite accusation. And you're here tonight, which is evidence you do believe. You absolutely believe. And we're going to thwart the lies of the devil. And we're going to thwart the accusation of the enemy. You are a believer. And I want you to say that with me. I want you to say, I am a believer. I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in the power of God. I believe in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. I have seen his miracle working power. I have felt his peace that passes understanding. I have experienced the power of the Holy Ghost in filling me. Hallelujah. It is the devil's business to lie. There is no truth in him. Anything he tells you, it is a lie. Even if he tries to tell you something that seems true, he's put some kind of bend on it that actually makes it a lie. He will quote scripture to you and be lying to you. There's no truth in him. In fact, when the devil tells you something, you can bank on it. The opposite is true. So when he tells you you're not a believer, do you know what that really means, don't you? It means you are a believer. When he tells you that you're a defeated, it means you've won. When he tells you, oh, I wish I could preach it. When he tells you that you're sick, it means you're well. My God, I'm going to tell you something. We take confidence in the word of God, but even the word of our adversary can encourage us because we know he's a liar. And when he speaks his lies, we just turn them into truth. By the time they come through the filter, the filter of the word of God, they become truth. Even the lies of the adversary become truth when they pass through the filter of faith. Because he called me a loser, and, and as, it, as the word loser came through the filter of faith, I realized I'm a winner. Amen. He told me that I would fail, and as the word fail came up to the filter of faith, the Lord transformed it into me succeeding. Because my adversary cannot tell me the truth. He can only lie to me. So I transition his word of defeat into God's word of victory. Hallelujah. Your adversary is a liar. And so he loves to tell you that because you're struggling with unbelief, that that means you are not a believer. But this man, I appreciate this man's perspective because he, he did not say, Lord, I, I, don't, I don't believe. That's not what he said. He said, I do believe. You better settle that. Settle that right now. Even if you don't feel it, speak it. Hallelujah. Lord, I believe. 
Lord, I believe. I don't know what test results you've got coming up, but I want you to say it. Lord, I believe. I don't know what lost loved one feels like a hopeless situation, but Lord, I believe. I don't know what kind of doubt is stalking you and haunting you and taunting you, but Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Now, that's a fact. I believe. How can you say you believe when, you, when you're doubting and when you're struggling to believe? and when you're, you're, You know what you're really struggling to do? You're struggling to get your emotions to match your confession. That's all you're struggling to do. And your emotions are what they are because you're in a fallen body. You're in a corruptible body. Don't worry about your corruptible body. One day this corruptible shall put on incorruption. One day this mortal shall have put on immortality. And there never will be a conflict between me believing and me struggling with unbelief. That day's coming. But, but in this moment, I can tell you for an absolute 100% fact, I believe. Well, what are you going to do with your unbelief? The Lord's going to help me with my unbelief. Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Hallelujah. I brought my situation to you because I believe in the power of Jesus Christ. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. I want to talk to you about the, the struggle to believe. And, and we see this in a, a few different places of scripture. I want to take you to Acts chapter 17. We're going to go to the famous moment where Paul stands upon Mars Hill. And he is preaching to uh, the men of Mars Hill, the men of Athens, he calls them. And he has passed by their devotions, he has beheld their devotions, and he is seeing that they are a very superstitious people, as he describes them. Now, what he means by that is that they are spiritual people, not, not spiritual in the, in the positive sense, but that they are open to the things of spiritual realities, that they are understanding that there is another, there is a, there is another world beyond the natural uh, physical. And so uh, he says, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. You are very tuned in to the fact that there is a spiritual reality. But as I beheld your devotions, and, and I, I noticed an altar with this inscription, the unknown God, and this unknown God, I, 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 want, to, I want to tell you about him, and he, he is you ignorantly worship him, but I'm going to declare him unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth. He dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. Seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Now he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 17 and verse number 6. The Bible says, while Paul waited for them, meaning uh, Silas and Timotheus, Waited for them at Athens. His spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. So when he saw the city completely given to idolatry, his spirit was stirred in him. Now when that says they were completely given to idolatry, you have to understand, Paul was observing the most terrifying, heathenistic, paganistic, ritual, ritualistic worship that, that one could imagine. These people were degrading themselves uh, to gain the favor of their false gods. This was it, was, it was horrible, some of the worship of those days in Athens. And while Paul is seeing that they are given completely to idolatry, he disputed in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market with them daily, them that met with him. Then certain philosophers, he's dealing with philosophers, of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him and some said, what will this babbler say? He's a babbler. But then other some said, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. So I want you to notice the two different types of unbelievers. One unbeliever said, he's a babbler. What will this babbler say? He's crazy. He's foolish. It's nonsense. But there was another set of unbelievers there who didn't say it was nonsense. They said, I've never heard this before. 
It seems to be strange. It's a, a setter forth of strange gods. We see this same dichotomy of unbelievers in Acts chapter 2. When Peter is preaching on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2. They, they were develop, dwelling at Jerusalem. Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. They heard them speaking with tongues in the upper room. And they said to one another... We hear them speaking in our languages about the glory of God. The Parthians, the Medes said it, the Elamites said it, dwellers in Mesopotamia, dwellers in Judea, those that were in Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt. That's a lot of places. And they all hear them speaking these languages. And they said they're Galileans. They don't know these languages. And I want you to know that they were all amazed and were in doubt saying one to another, what meaneth this? This is the kind of unbeliever that says, this seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods. This is the kind of unbeliever that says, what meaneth this? This is the kind of unbeliever that said, I've never heard this before. Tell me more about it. Others mocking. They're different. This is a different kind of unbeliever now. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. This is the crowd that said, what will this babbler say? This is the crowd that says, it's craziness, it's foolishness, it's nonsense, and I don't want to hear any more about it. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. Peter stands up with the eleven and the rest of the apostles, looks at them who said it was just crazy drunkenness, and he says to them, these men are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. He defended them. He defended them. It's not crazy. They're not foolish. They're not drunk. But then he directs his attention to those who genuinely asked, what meaneth this? To those who genuinely asked, you seem to be setting forth something strange, something we've never heard before. It is very important. That we do not get those two types of unbelief confused. The unbelief that says, this is crazy. This is foolish. They're drunk. And the unbelief that said, I don't know what to do with this. I've never heard anything like this before in my life. Because that kind of unbelief, God can help that unbelief. That's the unbelief that you sometimes struggle with. The unbelief that says, but is this true? Is this possible? Can this really happen? If you're dealing with the unbelief that says, this is a babbler. These men are drunk. Then that's a totally different situation. God can still deal with that, but he's going to deal with it differently. He's going to send strong delusion. He's going to take you down a path you'll wish you never had to go down. He'll send, he'll send in the case of the, of, the, of the sons of the prophets who mocked Elisha. He sent she-bears. And they were dealt with. The Bible describes a day in which scoffers will go about the streets mocking. Saying, where then is the promise of his coming? For we have heard about it all these years. God has a way of dealing with mockers. Many times he deals with them in the form of judgment. But don't confuse the struggle you have with doubt with the mocking that God will not in any way deal with in its present state. God knows your frame and he remembers that you are dust. And so when you deal with doubt, you bring that directly to God and you say, Lord, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. Don't struggle with doubt on your own. Don't, don't lay there at night tormented by the devil. Him just, just accusing you and berating you. Making you feel like you're somehow less of a Christian. Because you are struggling in your mind with certain doubts and certain questions. No, no, no. That's, that is to be expected because of the fact that you are made from the dust of the ground, and God knows your frame. But the answer to that is to bring it to God. Confess it with your mouth. Lord, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. You're not of the crowd that says, these men are full of new wine. You're not of the crowd that says, this is a babbler. You're not of the crowd that says that 
where is the promise of his coming in a scoffing way. No, that's not the kind of unbelief you're dealing with. That kind of unbelief must be absolutely repented of, turned over to God, and walked away from. But when you're dealing with an unbelief of struggling with doubt, you can bring that to God and say, God, help me here. I need help. My mind is playing tricks on me. My thoughts are haunting me. I'm struggling with, with whether or not this is actually going to happen in my life. And I want you to know when you come to God like that, He will hear and He will answer your prayers. I'm all done letting the devil run roughshod over the people of God. I'm all done letting the devil take a hammer to people's minds because they're human beings and they've got a struggle. If you've got a struggle, thank God you're still in the fight. Now, we are victorious, and we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus that loved us. But if you're struggling, it means you've not been defeated. Now, it's easy for us to say, oh, yeah, Samson met a lion on the road, and he took that lion, and he slew that lion. That's real easy for us to say. But, but it was a little, perhaps a little more difficult for Samson to do. I mean, it was a very pronounced moment. It's not like he was strolling along and the lion came and he smacked it and kept on walking. No, this was a struggle. I mean, it's easy for us to say, oh, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samson and he overcame his adversary. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. But in that moment of the Spirit of the Lord coming on him, he's the one that had to fight. He's the one that was on his back sometimes and had an advantage sometimes. He was the one that had to put his back into the struggle. He's the one who didn't know if he'd make it out alive. He's the one who wondered how this was going to end up. He didn't have the luxury of being able to read Judges chapter. 12 through 16. No, no. He had to fight in the moment and struggle in the moment the whole time knowing the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Lord, I believe. But help thou mine unbelief. You keep on fighting. You keep on fighting, Mom. Keep on fighting, Dad. Keep on fighting, husband. Keep on fighting, wife. Keep on fighting, young person. Keep on fighting because God has given you the victory. You better believe that. And if you're having trouble believing it, the Lord will help your unbelief. Praise God. It's okay, Samson. It's okay. It's okay. To wonder how this is going to turn out. You're a human being. I know the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. But don't give up in the fight because you're in the struggle of your life. Don't give up in the fight because your mind is starting to make you question how this is all going to turn out. No, no. He's going to help your unbelief. And you're going to overcome that unbelief. And do you know what he did? He slew that lion. And then he came back by that same road later in his life shortly thereafter and there was a honeycomb in the carcass of that lion and he ate of the honey from the honeycomb that was in the carcass of that lion there is going to be sweetness to come from your victories you're going to you're going to taste you're going to taste you know i you know i have tasted the sweetness of victories from 10 years ago i've tasted the sweetness of victories from 15 years ago i've tasted the sweetness of victories from 4 years ago in those moments, I didn't know, my God, have mercy. I don't know if I'm going to make it out of this thing alive. Lord, are you with me? I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. Lord, is everything going to be all right? I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. Let me tell you a way that you overcome unbelief. Live like you believe without a doubt. That's how you overcome unbelief. You live like you believe and never doubt. Hallelujah. It, it, listen, when somebody asks you how it is, this woman that, that coined it is well, that was a scripture before it was a song. And the lady who coined it had a son that was dead back home. And when asked the question, how is everything going? She said, it is well. 
Now, I'm going to tell you something. It takes a lot to say something like that when you're not sure if it's God's will for your son to be alive or dead. You're not sure. I, I mean, I, I believe, but help thou mine unbelief. But I'm going to tell you what's not going to come out of my mouth. It will not come out of my mouth. Defeat will not come out of my mouth. Doubt will not come out of my mouth. It is well. That's what's coming out of my mouth. It is well. It is well. It is well. It is well. I'm going to say it is well until doubt is silent. I'm going to say it is well until, until fear is defeated. I'm going to say it is well until anxiety calms down. I'm going to say it is well. Woo. Let me remind you that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Open up your mouth and declare the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible said, I will bless the Lord at all times. At all times, I will bless the Lord. The only thing coming out of my mouth is blessing the Lord, blessing the Lord, blessing the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is great. God's going to do it. He's going to turn it around. He's going to bring us through. Everything's going to be all right. God is in control. He's on the throne. You better get used to blessing the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Maybe not in my emotions, but in my mouth. Maybe not always in my thoughts, but it will always be in my mouth. I might struggle with a fear here and there. I might struggle with a doubt here and there. But the only thing that will come out of my mouth is, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. I'm going to tell you something. When you do that, you trample on the lion. And you trample on the adder. You trample on the young lion. You step on the serpent. When you open up your mouth and refuse to curse, but bless the Lord. I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says that Job, that Job sinned not nor charged God foolishly. That's what it says. But then Job started going through a lot of things. And the next time that it talks about what Job didn't do, all it said was this, Job sinned not with his lips. Now, I don't know what that means. I mean, God who knows the heart just said, well, he didn't sin with his lips. And I, I, maybe that means everything was perfect. I don't know. All I know, all I know is that that's all that was said after the first couple go-arounds with the devil. So I don't know what was going on on the inside. God didn't say what was going on on the inside by that point. All he said was he didn't sin with his lips. Sometimes that's all you can do is keep your lips in check. Sometimes you just need to close them. If Listen, if you don't have, I'm going to change this up a little bit, okay? If you don't have anything good to say, say something good anyway. If you don't have anything good to say, you've exhausted your mind. You can't think of one good thing to say. Say something good anyway. Because God is good. Everything else may be horrible, but God is good. And I will open my mouth, and I will bless his name, and I will not sin with my lips. I may struggle. I may struggle with this lion on this road, but bless God, I'm going to have victory. I'm going to come out of this thing alive, and I'll taste the sweetness of this victory all the days of my life. I will taste the sweetness of this victory all the days of my life. And I will serve the honey from this victory. I will serve the honey of this victory every Thanksgiving and Christmas from here on out. It's going to be right in the middle of our dinner table. This is when God delivered me out of the hand of the lion. And the same God, oh, I wish I could preach it like I feel it, that delivered me out of, because I'm changing Bible characters now. The same 
God that delivered me out of the hand of the lion will deliver me out of the hand of the bear and will deliver me out of the hand of any uncircumcised Philistine that may challenge you. Glory. We've got to get back in the habit of knowing he's the same God. The same God. Can you take Goliath? You better believe I can. Because he has not changed. God has not changed. He's the same God. He's the same God that filled me with the Holy Ghost. He's the same God that washed away all my sins. He's the same God that dried my tears. He's the same God that lifted me up out of that pit of despair. He's the same God that's kept my family. He's the same God. And what he did for me back then, he'll do it for me again. Hallelujah. You say, I hear you. I hear you, Pastor, but I'm, I'm just struggling to believe that. Lord, I believe. But help thou mine unbelief. Do you know that kind, of, that kind of prayer will bring deliverance? Just be honest about it. Lord, I believe, but I'm, you know, I don't know why I'm struggling, but I'm struggling a little bit here. And God says, I, we, we, you know, we hold that stuff back like God doesn't already know. We hold that stuff back like, like God's going to be shocked. What? You're struggling with something? And we, we were afraid to confess to him what we're struggling with because, because we're, we don't, well, why? In all honesty, why are we that way? Because God, God is a big God and he knows all about our troubles. And he will help us till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. Woo! No, not one. You can bring to him all your sins. You can bring to him all of your griefs. You can be honest with him about feelings that you have. You can be honest with him about your struggle and say, Lord, I'm struggling with what's going on right now. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know how to face it. And God honors and respects that kind of prayer. Lord, I believe. Hear me now. Understand. You, you, you struggle with trying to understand whether or not you really believe. But your praying alone is a, is a leap of faith. That is one of the greatest acts of faith. What an evidence of faith. When you, when you simply like close your eyes and open up your mouth and say, Lord, Lord, I'm struggling to believe. Are you struggling as much as you think you are? You're talking to him. And he's invisible. He's invisible. But you know he's there. I like somebody said, God is like scotch tape. You can't see him, but you know he's there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I, I love it every time a prophecy of this book is fulfilled. I love it. I love it. It's amazing and it blows my mind. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't need one more prophecy to be fulfilled for me to believe. And, I, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you, it's, it, there are multiple reasons why. Number one, I've talked with him and he with me. I've seen his wonders. I've observed his miracles. I've seen it with my own eyes. I know it. And I felt his presence. He has been with me in the darkest moments of my life. He has been with me. And I taste the sweetness of that knowledge every time I open my mouth to pray. And I'll tell you something else. I have put the principles of this book. Now, we can talk about the prophecies all day long, and they're amazing, and they're wonderful. But I put the principles of this book to the test, and they're real. And they work. And they have eternal power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I believe. I, listen, I know I believe. So when unbelief tries to creep in on me, I, I, I just have to say, Lord, here I am. You know the miracles I've seen. You know, you know the principles that have come to pass in my life. You know how you've talked with me and I've talked with you. and We've got this whole beautiful thing going. And yet here I am struggling with a little unbelief, a little doubt. 
Just help me, Lord. And man, I'll tell you something. It's like a still, small voice. It's like the sound of a going in the mulberry trees that you hear. It's, 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 I don't know how to tell you. It's, it's like he comes riding upon the wings of the wind. It, it, he, just, he just comes up out of nowhere. His word begins to leap off the pages. Hallelujah. These red letters start dancing around and jumping into my soul. And I, I believe again. I believe again. I, I believe again. The Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. That's how you believe. You confess with your mouth. 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 And the more you confess with your mouth, the more you'll believe it in your heart. And if you start believing it in your heart, nothing is impossible to him that believeth. Glory to God. Nothing is impossible to him that believeth. Glory to God. I rebuke that fear that's on you in Jesus' name. I rebuke that anxiety that's on you in Jesus' name. The devil's lied to you and told you you're not, that you're not a believer. The devil's lied to you and told you that you don't have faith. All of that's a lie. You have faith in God. You have faith in God. Yes, you do. You hear this right now and you let this word reverberate in your spirit when the devil comes to you and lies to you and says that you don't believe. You don't really believe. I rebuke all of that in Jesus' name. You absolutely do believe. You absolutely do have faith in God. And where you struggle with doubt, that's called, here it is. Y'all ready? It's a big word. It's called normal. That's all it is. It's just normal. It's just normal. We have these limitations to this body. That's going to change one day. I show you a mystery. Behold, we shall not all sleep. We shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound. The dead shall be raised incorruptible. And this corruptible shall put on incorruption. And this mortal shall put on immortality. Now, when this corruptible have put on incorruption, and when this mortal have put on immortality, then, that then, at that point, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. And the words of Isaiah will come through loud and clear. Oh, death, where is thy sting? My Lord have mercy. Oh, death, where is thy sting? And you won't be afraid of death anymore because it won't have a sting. It's like a bee. You know, when you hear a bee come buzzing around you, y'all know exactly how you act. You know what? That's what we need to do on some Sundays when people are just kind of not into it like they ought to be. Just send a few bees out into the atmosphere. You hear that buzzing? And you, you start moving. Nobody has to ask you to move. I don't know what it, it, it doesn't hurt that bad. But... But none of us want it, and I mean, and we'll do this a couple times, and, and we do it a few times, but we know that just makes the bee more mad, and we know that it's going to come back, and it's going to get us with that stinger that it has, and, and we try to move and get away from it, and that's the way, that's the way de death has this advantage on the human body because of sin, but this mortal shall take on immortality, and when that happens... Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Now all you can do is buzz because you don't have a sting to match the buzz. Oh, grave, where is thy victory? For the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who hath given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> And then and my, my favorite of the whole passage is the next one. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. See, see, God understands. God understands when you're struggling with unbelief. And unbelief is not something you want to let get in your heart. Don't, don't let it there. But if you're having a struggle, you just tell him, Lord, help my unbelief. Romans chapter 11 deals with it and says in verse number 
27, for this is my covenant unto Israel when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sakes, for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. For as ye in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. He's saying Israel didn't believe, and because they didn't believe, it opened a door for the Gentiles. And now, now whenever you have trouble when you had trouble believing in God, you just remember, don't hold it against them right now. Just understand that I dealt with them and I'm going to deal with them and I dealt with you and I'm going to deal with you. For as ye in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief, even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy they may also obtain mercy. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief that he might have mercy upon all. When God sees your unbelief, he looks at it as an opportunity to show you his glory. Don't be intimidated by your struggle with unbelief. You have overcome that in the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I believe. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to notice something. I want you to notice something. We're going to look at Mark and uh, we're going to look at Mark chapter 6. And I'm, I'm coming to a close here, uh, here shortly. But, but I want to I look at Mark chapter 6. And I want to I just point something out. Mark chapter 6 and verse number 5. I just want to read to you something. You, you've heard that Jesus could do no miracle among those in his own country because of their unbelief. Okay, Mark chapter 6 and verse... Uh, number four, Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he, notice this, save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk and healed them. He could do no mighty work because of their unbelief. In, one, in, in verse six, he marveled because of their unbelief and went, went about the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them forth by two and two and gave them power over unclean spirits. Now listen, he could do no mighty work because of their unbelief, except for the fact that he healed a few sick people. And we would consider that to be a mighty work. But, but, but imagine if that's not considered a mighty work. <laughs> then, then what are we missing out on? Because we let unbelief lord over us. And it holds this intimidating, this intimidating advantage and tells us, I've got you in my snare. No, it does not have you in its snare. Everybody struggles with a little unbelief here and there, now and then. It doesn't make you a non-believer. You overcome it in the name of Jesus Christ. You say, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. And you obey the word of the Lord. When you obey the word of the Lord, obedience is belief. Obedience is belief. Now you can, you can be hoping the whole time that you're, you, that you're going forward. When Moses stretched out his rod over the Red Sea, he's flesh and blood. When he stretches out his rod, he's doing it out of obedience. He has no idea what's about to happen. He's just doing it out of obedience because he knows God loves him and he knows that God told him he was going to deliver the people. So I'm just going to do what he told me to do. When he stretched out his rod over the waters, he, he wasn't doing so and thinking, these waters are about to part. It's going to be dry ground and, and you, guys are all, you guys are all tripping over nothing. It's going to be fine. Everything's cool. Chill out. Relax. No, that's not what he was doing. He was saying, okay, God, show me what to do and I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'll do whatever you say. If you'll obey, you believe. Obedience is belief. Hallelujah. Obedience is belief. That's why faith without works is dead. Because obedience is belief. And so when your mind is struggling to believe, obey. And you overcome unbelief through obedience. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So Matthew chapter 13, and I really am coming to a close. Now, I've said it twice. Three strikes, you're, you're out. Amen. Matthew chapter 13, and I, wanna just, I just want to point out to you just verses 51 
through 58, the scripture says, Jesus saith unto them, have you understood all these things? He had just taught all the kingdom parables. All the kingdom parables. And he said, have you understood all these things? They said to him, yea, Lord. Then said he unto them, therefore every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. It came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. When he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogues insomuch that they were astonished. And they said, whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in him. See, that's the, that's the group that says he's a babbler. They're drunk. And he said unto them, The prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And he did not many works there because of their unbelief. Matthew 17 and verses 19 through 21. The scripture says that came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? Jesus had cast out a devil and the disciples had been asked to cast him out and they were incapable of it and they were confused by this why could not we cast him out and notice what jesus said in verse 20 because of your unbelief for verily i say unto you if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed you shall say unto this mountain remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you okay so listen he could do no mighty works because of their unbelief and now he's looking at his disciples and saying you could not do this mighty work because of your unbelief Verse 21, I like this. How be it, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Do you know what he just said to them? He said, unbelief is not this giant you think it is. You just pray and fast, and you're going to start believing again. And you'll be able to cast out the devils again. <laughs> They could do, he could do no mighty work because of their unbelief. They wouldn't let him be anything but a carpenter's son. Anything but James and Joseph's brother and his sister's brother. And, and he could do no mighty work there because of their unbelief. The disciples are struggling with unbelief. And they can't cast out the devil. They don't know why. And he says, because of your unbelief, how be it? If you'll start praying and you'll start fasting, you'll start believing again. If you'll get alone with God, you'll start believing again. If you'll get into his word, you'll start believing again. Hallelujah. If you'll come to the house of God, lift up your hands without wrath and doubting, you'll start believing again. Glory to God. Somebody do it right now. Could you just lift your hands to heaven? Hallelujah. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. I want everybody right now to stand to your feet in the house of the Lord. And, and, and we're just going to assume that everybody in this place has times when they have a little question, times when they have a little unbelief that they struggle with. Lord, are you going to do this? Lord, is this your will? Lord, can I trust you to do this? Lord, are you there? And, and if that's you, I want you to begin to say, Lord, I believe. Come on, that's it. Open up your mouth and begin to confess the goodness of the Lord. Confess the goodness of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, come on all across this house. Hallelujah. I want you to confess it over your children and confess it over your finances and confess it over your home. Confess it over your marriage. Confess it over your mind. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Hallelujah. 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 You know, there's a reason why we say that coming to church is a sign of faithfulness. It's a sign of faithfulness. When we say, oh, they're faithful, we often, means they're, we often mean that they're coming to the house of God, they're contributing, they're praying, they're, they're, they're filled with the Spirit. And, and basically what we're saying is they are a believer. They are full of faith. They are faithful. They have demonstrated their faith by their obedience to God. Hallelujah. And I believe the Lord wants to perform a mighty work in somebody's heart and in somebody's home, somebody's mind right now. And I want us just to give it to him in the name of Jesus. Give him that struggle right now in the name of the Lord. What is the struggle? Give it to him. Give it to him in Jesus' name. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. What, what do you need? What do you need today? Lord, I believe. 
Hallelujah. Unbelief is cast down in the name of Jesus. It's not the giant that it poses itself to be. Do you know that David never called Goliath a giant? He never did. He never called Goliath a giant. We do. We say that giant, he was a giant. But David never called him that. Do you know what David called him? He called him an uncircumcised Philistine. Do you know why he called him that? That was David acknowledging the spiritual disparity between him and Goliath. Uncircumcised means he's not in the covenant. And I am. I'm in the covenant. He's not in the covenant. My adversary is not in the covenant. I'm in the covenant. This, this problem that I'm dealing with, this, this demon that's trying to attack me, it's not in the covenant. But I'm in the covenant. I've got blessings coming my way. I've got promises coming my way. That's why he's an uncircumcised Felissa. My natural eyes see a giant, but my spirit sees him for what he is. He's outside the covenant of faith. But oh, inside the covenant, there's healing, there's deliverance, there's victory, there's power, there's faith, there's glory. Hallelujah. There's no unbelief in the covenant. Here in the covenant, this is the household of faith. Here in the covenant, we're here because we believe. Now, I need help with my unbelief, but I'm here because I believe in the power of God. My Lord, have mercy. I wonder if somebody could claim healing right now in the name of the Lord. I wonder if somebody could do it right now. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Victory over fear, victory over depression. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord God, my child needs salvation. My spouse needs salvation. Lord, I need a comfort in my spirit. I need you to comfort my mind in the name of the Lord. Come on, these altars are open. I want you to come in the name of Jesus. If you want to find a place to pray, the Spirit of the Lord is in this house. God is doing something in our midst. Hallelujah. I wonder if some believers could come right now and say, Lord, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. I believe I'm getting through this. I believe we're going to make it out alive. I believe my family is going to be saved. I believe that my body is going to be healed. Lord, I believe that my mind is going to have peace. Lord, I believe that there's going to be a financial provision. Lord, hallelujah, I believe, I believe. And the little struggle I'm having with unbelief, I believe you're going to give me the victory over that as well. Come on, that's it. But they don't know you like we do. But they don't know you like we do. There is power in your name. Yes. We've heard that there is no way through. We've heard the tides will never. They haven't seen what you can do. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
that I want to share. I feel something in the Holy Ghost. I just want to share it. We are a city on a hill that cannot be hid. And we are the light of the world. And I'm going to tell you the illumination that the world is going to see concerning the church. Yes, they'll know that we're his disciples because of our love one to another. But they're also going to see something very distinctive about the church, and it's this. We will not be afraid. No fear. No fear. And it's going to separate us from the rest of the world. And it's going to be, it's going to be the moment that he draws all men unto him. Because people are going to gravitate to a place where there's no fear. Hallelujah. Only love and hope and joy. Hallelujah. And if you're struggling with fear, I want you to lift up your hands right now and say, Lord, I believe that you're going to deliver me from this. I believe that you're going to take this out of my spirit because he'll do it. He'll do it. He'll do it. He'll do it. And he's going to make you a lighthouse. He's going to make you a lighthouse. He's going to make you a lighthouse in the name of the Lord. Come on, that's it. Yes, you are. We trust.